want you to go with me to the book of Third John, and we're going to read from verse 1. The book of Third John. Third John. That's the second to the last book <laughs> in the New Testament. Amen. But I want to read from the Amplified Classic. I really like it, reading from the Amplified Classic here in Third John. It really opens up some things that, are, that, really, that really blessed me, and I believe uh, they're also going to bless you. Verse 1 says, The elderly elder of the church addresses this letter to the beloved, esteemed Gaius, whom I truly love. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. In fact, I greatly rejoice when some of the brethren from time to time arrived and spoke so highly of the sincerity and fidelity of your life, as indeed you do live in the truth, the whole gospel, the whole gospel presents. I have no greater joy than this to hear that my spiritual children are living their lives in the truth. Beloved, it is a fine and faithful work that you are doing when you give any service to the Christian brethren, and especially when they are strangers. If you give any service, that got my attention. If you give any service, over and over again, I have emphasized that giving must be our lifestyle. And we have to understand that giving is not zero down to money. Because a lot of times when you talk about being generous, people just think money. Money is not the only thing that we give. Everything we do in life is giving. Everything we do is giving. The words we speak is giving. Our actions and our reactions are all giving. And that's why we must be very careful what we are giving. Because what you give, you're going to get back. That's the principle of seed time and harvest. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked for whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap. For he that sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows into the spirit were from the Spirit, reap eternal life. Give, and it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over, shall men give to you. That's why it's important that we are careful about what we are giving. Because what you give, you will get back. But one of the things I've understood in regards to sowing seeds is the harvest is always bigger than the seeds we sow. The harvest is always bigger than the seeds that we sow. So what you sow, you get back. But you get back good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. So my question to you today is what are you giving? There are some people here today or those watching by way of the internet that might just have to pray and say, Lord, I ask you for a crop failure. Because I've sown some bad seeds and I don't want to get the harvest back. But I want you to understand the word of God cannot be broken. Whatever a man soweth, that he shall also reap. What you give, you get. And what you get is good measure. Pressed down, shaking together, running over. You're going to get an excess. That's a good place to say amen. amen. You know, but some of you might just say, God help. Because it's good measure. Pressed down. I mean, it's going to be really pressed down. Shaking together and running over. There's going to be an overflow. There's going to be an excess. It's going to be too much. But you know, you can sit here this morning and you can be glad if you've been sowing good seeds. Because if you've been sowing good seeds, I can stand here this morning to say to you, good harvest is coming your way. 
And I'm here to encourage someone. Don't be discouraged. All the harvests that you have waiting for you are upon you. And they are coming to you in this season. Amen. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Running over. Shall come back to you. Praise the Lord. But it's important to understand here what the writer is saying. Whenever you do service. Everyone says service. Whatever service you render to believers. Whatever service you render to the house of God. You are sowing a seed. So when I preach on this subject. I try to help people understand that I'm not just talking about money. Because sometimes when you preach this. People think he's just talking about money. Pastor God will talk about money all the time. He wants my money. And I ask the question how much do you have? <laughs> no but people who complain he wants my money really don't have money. No, I do not want your money. I want you blessed. Because I never heard someone say he wants my healing when I preach on healing. I, I never hear someone say he wants my wife or my husband when I preach on family and having a good relationship with your spouse. Never heard that. Never heard that before. But then you begin to talk about giving. Then you see dollar signs show up in the eyes of people. And, and you, you, you wonder what's going on. And they, they, people get upset that you're talking about giving all the time. But we have to talk about giving all the time. Because my Bible tells me that we serve a generous God. And our God is a giving God. And we carry the same DNA as God does. The Bible says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. Amen. Can someone say amen? Amen. So God gave. Because God gave, we give. God has created us like he is. God is a giving God and we are giving people. Amen. He that spared not his son, but freely gave him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? God does not hold back anything from you. Even Jesus said he makes the rain to fall on the good and the bad. Because a God is a giving God. He said do not worry about what you shall eat and what you shall wear and what you should. No, don't worry about that. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that the Gentiles are dying to get shall be added to you. A God is a giving God. If you believe it, shout your loudest amen in the house this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Beloved, I wish above all things, so I pray that you may prosper. Can I tell you this morning that when this was reaching to Gaius, the Holy Ghost had you in mind. I believe that this was reading to Gaius, but as it as this was reading to Gaius, this was also reading to you and I because the Holy Spirit had you in mind. And so I can stand here today and I can also say the same thing. Beloved, I pray above all things that you may prosper. You, you sitting here this morning, you watching by way of the internet, that you may prosper and you will be in health even as your soul prospers. It's so important to understand that prosperity was never man's idea. Prosperity is God's idea. And God wants everyone in this place to live in all that God has made available to us in Christ. And I tell you, God wants you to increase on every side. God wants you to eat the good of the land. That's what the Bible says. If ye be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. God wants you to enjoy all that he's made available to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. That you may prosper. That you may be in health. Your body may keep well. You know some people 
think prosperity is just having a lot of money. Some people think prosperity is having a fat bank account. Some people think prosperity is when you live uh, in a house by the sea. Some people think prosperity is when you drive a very nice car. But notice what, what the writer said. I want you to prosper and I want you to also do well, health in your health. So it's possible to have a lot of money but be suffering in your health. What, what will $10 million do for you if the doctor has given you two days to live? The moment you transition, someone else takes the money. Hello? So even when we look at the subject of prosperity, we have to look at it in the light of the Word of God. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I know a lot of times, you know, we preach about this and we talk about, you know, what will it profit you if you get all this wealth and you live in a big house and you drive a very nice car and my God, you send your kids to the best schools, but you don't have Jesus in your heart. And if you die, you're going to go to a lost eternity. Yes, we approach it that way many times. But can I tell you something? I can also approach it from this side of eternity. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his soul here? You know, you can actually cross over to a place where you lose your soul. I'm talking about here on this earth. Where you are no more in control of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Where you open up yourself to evil spirits to drive you and lead you. And you make decisions based on the demonic realm. Are you listening to me? And this is how this happens when people say, I'm going to make money by all means. I'm going to be wealthy by all means. I'm going to do whatever it takes. No, we don't do whatever it takes. We do only what God says to do. Amen. Except the Lord build a house. The labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord watch over the city. The watchmen are awake in vain. Listen, you've got to let the Lord build your life. Amen. You've got to let the Lord build your finance. You've got to let the Lord set the level of your prosperity. Are you listening to me? But if you think you, you, you're just going to get it any which way you want, you're going to get yourself into trouble and you're going to eventually lose your soul. You're going to lose your soul. There is a way that seemeth right to men. The end of that way is death. Is destruction. There is a way that God has laid out in his word for every believer to increase. And to prosper. Are you listening to me? You don't compare yourself with anybody. You don't look out there in the world and say, hey, look at how they're prospering. I'm going to prosper like they do. Because many have sold themselves to the devil. For you, a man of God. For you, a woman of God. For you, a child of God. You follow God's pattern. It is a blessing of the Lord that makes one rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. Follow God. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Pursue God. Pursue his kingdom. Build his kingdom. I mean, serve the people of God and see how God will bless and increase you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Be a generous giver. Don't be tight-fisted. Don't be stingy. Don't look through a keyhole with both eyes. Because you're so narrow-minded. Think big. Think outside the box. Don't think within the box of religion. Don't think within the box of your tradition. Don't think within the box of your, your culture. Don't think within the box of where you're coming from. Some people are coming from a place of abject poverty. But listen, God can raise you up from nothing and place you on a pedestal. In actual fact, you've been made to sit together with Christ in heavenly places. All things have been put under the feet of the believer. Can someone say amen? God wants you to increase. God wants you to do well. God wants you to excel. Hallelujah. God wants your business to do well. When others are closing shops, God wants you to open more shops. My God, the amen is so weak. I don't understand. 
I don't understand if I'm in the river this morning. Maybe I need to just uh, go find myself another church and preach this morning. I say, God wants your business to do well. When others are closing shops, you open new shops. When, when people say the economy is bad, it's so bad, the dollar has, has increased, the, the percentage of the inflation is terrible, we don't know what to do. Can I tell you, God makes way where there is no way. God will bless and God will increase and God will sustain. God is the one that sustains us. Can someone say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said, glory to God. Hallelujah. I said, glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, just look at the testimony of guys. In fact, I greatly rejoice when some of the brethren from time to time arrived and spoke so highly of, of the sincerity and fidelity of your life. You know, I believe as, as a pastor here, I have the same testimony of so many here. Because many are new, so I don't have a testimony of some of you, but I have the testimony of so many in this place. Because, you know, you just keep seeing the consistency and the faithfulness of the people that come here. Even when it comes to giving. Even when it comes to special projects and special programs. I mean, my God, you guys are some of the greatest and the best givers on the planet. I can tell, I can tell you that. I can tell you that. I mean, ECM comes up in less than two months. But I stand here to say we've never had a conference where we came out in debt. Every conference we have had, every single conference for the last 19 years, every single conference we had, we paid before we started. Amen. So you can go into the place and say, paid in full. And we always came out with excess. Always. Everyone say always. Always, always came out in excess. Never, never came out in debt. Never. Always came out in plenty. Always. Because the Lord provides. Amen. But you know how the Lord provides? The Lord uses you. I said the Lord uses you. Amen. Because when people in the church are blessed, when people in the church increases, then they're going to support the work of God. Amen. And that's the reason why we pray for our businessmen and women. That's the reason why we pray for our workers. That's why we say God increase them. God give them new jobs. God increase them on their jobs. God give them a raise. And someone say Amen. Amen. And those that don't have any job, Lord, provide a good job for them. Amen. Can someone say amen? amen? Can someone say amen? amen. Can someone say amen? amen? But you know, sometimes, Brother Cyril, you're tempted to say, Lord, those that won't serve you after you bless them, don't give them nothing. <laughs> no, I don't pray like that. But you know, sometimes you just feel tempted. My God. Because um, you know, some people, the moment they, they get their hands on a few dollars, they take off. They never come back. Oh, my God. When you had nothing, you would pray and fast, and you're in every service, whenever the doors, or in actual fact, you're the first person in the church. We probably came here and found you at the door. The church was not even open. You came two hours before the service. <laughs> So I question people like that. I question people like that. Uh, does the blessing of God take you away from God? No, the blessing of God should cause you to pursue God more. The blessing of God should not take you away. So if the blessing is going to take you away, I question if it's the blessing. Just look at the testimony of this man. When people will come time to time and they talked about the fidelity they talked about your consistency they talked about how you are helping people how you are a blessing can someone say amen, amen. tell your neighbor I'm a blessing I have no greater joy than this to hear that my spiritual children are living their lives in the truth. So, generosity, it's in the truth. Are you listening now? Generosity is in the truth. The truth is the gospel. 
Generosity is in the gospel. A true believer in Christ is generous. Not stingy. A true believer in Christ is not forced to give. A true believer in Christ loves to give. Loves to help. Loves to offer service to the house of God. To the people of God. To the work of God. A true believer in Christ is a generous believer. Can someone say amen? amen. Your service. Your service. So everything you do is giving. Everything you're doing, it's giving. People that come here this morning, you set up the chairs, you, you got everything ready, you just gave. You just gave. Probably, you probably did not realize it because some people don't understand that everything we do in the house of God is giving. Everything you do is sowing. Everything you do is seeding. Everything you do in the house of God for people, for the work, is giving. As I speak to you right now, there are so many people in the service right now that's giving even right now, even before we receive a financial offering. Did you know that? That's why we encourage everyone to get involved. That we don't have an unused member of the church. All hands on deck. Everyone busy about the work of God. Not everyone will stand behind this pulpit. But there are people out there on the streets reaching the lost. That's why we, we, give us the, we give you the opportunity to hear what the Lord's doing on the street. You heard this testimony from the sister. People are hungry. People are ready. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. That's why we encourage you. Go out there. Tell people about the love of Christ and bring them to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Can someone say amen? And you know, when you do that, sometimes the leadership of the church may not even recognize that, may not even see that, may not even know it. But can I tell you that God knows? God sees. It's not me. It's not Pastor Corey. It's not Pastor Hamdi or Pastor Layla. It's none of the leadership that will bless you. It is God that will bless you. Are you listening to me? It is God that will bless even the secret things you do that no one sees. It is God that sees and it is God that rewards you. I believe God saw the work of Gaius. And God said to John, write it to him. Write it to him. And I believe God's writing it to me too. And God's writing it to you too. Nothing we gave has gone unnoticed. Can I say that again? Nothing we gave has gone unnoticed. Everything that we've done, everything that we have given, God notices. Can someone say amen? amen. Can someone say amen? amen? Can someone say better amen? Amen. amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yes. Look at verse 6. They have testified before the church of your, of your love and friendship. You would do well to forward them on their journey. And please do so in a way worthy of God's service. For these traveling missionaries have gone out for the name's sake, for his name, and are accepting nothing from the Gentiles, the heathen, the non-Israelites. So we ourselves ought to support such people to welcome and provide for them in order that we may be fellow workers in the truth, the whole gospel, and cooperate with it. We see here that this man is commended for what he's been doing for missionaries. <laughs> Are you seeing that? Okay, so when you start out and you read where it says, Beloved, I wish above all things, or I pray above all things, that thou mayest prosper. You've got to understand that the reason why he was, uh, the prayer was made over him, it's because he's been supporting God's servants. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing that now? Because a lot of times we read verse 3 and that's it. But read down and see the context, see the context. You've been, you've been supporting, you've been doing service to God's servants. 
These men went out, but they would take nothing. They would receive nothing from Gentiles. That's, that, that was exactly what Paul did. Paul would not receive things from Gentiles. He said, I walked with my own hands because I did not want to put a stumbling block in front of you. Because these guys had no idea the principle of seed, time, and harvest. They had no idea of giving to the gospel. But eventually, they understood, but initially, they did not. Are you listening now? So he did not want to put a hindrance before them. Because, you know, when you come out and you start talking about giving to the gospel, giving to the work of God, people just assume you come for their money. Is that correct? And if they have no idea of the way this thing works, you don't want to preach that to them because they have no idea. Are you listening now? So that's basically what this guy's saying. That see, you, you went out among Gentiles and you, you received nothing from them. But Gaius, you've done so well to support them. Listen, church, it's our responsibility to support the work of God. It's our responsibility to support the work of God. We cannot leave it to the hands of those who have no idea of what God wants to do upon the earth. We cannot leave it in the hands of those who don't have an idea of why God has sent this church into this nation. This church has been sent into this nation to bring in the harvest of souls. And we cannot leave this in the hands of unbelievers. It is you and I. Tell your neighbor, it's you and I. It's our responsibility to build the house of God. It's our responsibility to empower this church to reach the harvest of souls. It's our responsibility to give this church what this church needs. And I'm talking about financial support that this church would go to the nations of the world and bring in the harvest of souls. Lives are being touched because of you. Lives are being changed because of what you give. And we must keep doing this because this is our responsibility. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is a major part of the ministry. This aspect is a major aspect of the ministry. Praise God. I commend you for that. I commend you for that. And God commands you for that. You sit here this morning and you're being a big part of what God's doing in this place. God commands you. Amen. Praise God. Amen. But I look at this text and it blessed me because there's something about Gaius. There was something about Gaius. When no one got involved, he did. Now think about it. Why do you think John had to single him out and write to him? Was he the only believer? No, he wasn't. He wasn't the only one. But the man of God singled him out and wrote to him. What you do is commendable. What you're doing is right. Because every time we support the work of God, we give the gospel access to the nations. There is someone out there waiting to hear this. There's someone out there waiting to hear this. I mean, look at this man, this, this young man here. Can you wave at me, please, sir? Yeah. Came from Rotterdam, right? Lives in, lives in Holland. And before the service, I, I was... Shaking, I shook hands with him. I just was introducing, my, introducing myself and get, getting to know him. And he says, we watch you every day. Is that right? If it's right, wave at me. Awesome. <laughs> In Holland. They're watching from Holland. And you say your father is watching now, right? Yeah, he said, he said his father told him he's watching right now. Are you listening now? So people wonder, what do you do with, what do you do with, the, with the resources that comes? Well, you can see what we do with the resources. I did not even know that they are watching from Holland. So I go to him to shake hands with him. I say, I know you. He said, I know you. 
<laughs> I know you. That's awesome. So think with me now. How many are watching right now? How many are watching right now? How many would watch this broadcast later on? In the next two days, in the next month, in the next year? In the next five years? The ripple effect that would happen as a result of this service. Only in eternity would we find out. Did you hear me? I commend you for the service. I commend you for what you do. Because you empower the ministry to reach the lost, to reach the nations. I think we should be glad. I said, I think we should be glad. No, that's a good place to be glad. That's a good place to say, Lord, I thank you that I'm privileged to serve you. Lord, I thank you that I'm honored. I thank you, Lord, that you use, you're using me. I may not stand behind the pulpit, but Lord, you use me. God is using you. Praise God. I said, praise God. So it says, notice here, verse 8, so we ourselves ought to support such people to welcome and provide for them. Huh. In order that we may be fellow workers in the truth. That one say fellow workers. That we may be fellow workers. So when we support the work of God, we are fellow workers in the truth. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you see, the thing is this. When we get to the other side of eternity, when we get to heaven, when this is all said and done, just think about the thousands or the millions that will celebrate you in heaven that you never got to meet on this side. But you know what? When you gave, you empowered the ministry to reach them. The reason they came into the kingdom was because you gave. Oh, Jesus. They'll run up to you in heaven. They'll shake hands with you. They'll thank you for sending that ministry. Because when you give to a ministry that's reaching the last, when you give to a ministry that's preaching Christ, when you give to a ministry that's bringing the harvest of souls in. Because that's really what it's about. This is about reaching the lost. Our giving is about reaching the lost. Jesus came so that the lost will be reached. For this reason, the Son of Man was manifest. That he might destroy the works of the devil. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. God sent his only begotten Son to save the lost. And to bring the lost into his house. We don't give just because we want to get. This is not a scheme. I want to give so that I can get. It's a lie when someone comes to you and tells you, give a thousand, you're going to get a million. That's a big lie. That's a fraud. Are you listening now? We give because we want to see the harvest of souls come into the kingdom of God. And for that reason, God empowers us more. When we give, God empowers us and God gives us favor. And God opens up new doors of opportunities to each of us. And the more doors God opens up to us, the more resources that comes to us. And the more resources that comes to us, the more we give for the harvest of souls. Everyone said the harvest of souls. It's all about the harvest of souls. Amen. Tell your neighbor, it's all about the harvest of souls. It's all about souls. That's what it's about. It's all about souls. It's not about having a big house. It's not about driving a big car. 
Praise God, my God, you, God wants you to live well. God wants you to enjoy life. God wants you to have the best. But listen to me, it's not what you have, it's what you give. It's not what you've saved, saved up somewhere. It's what you've given from what you saved up. I'm not impressed by what you have. I'm impressed by what you give. It's a good place to say amen. amen. Praise God. For, for notice it says, who? So we, we, we ourselves ought to support such people. Support such people. Who, who are such people? The carriers of the good news. <laughs> the carriers of the good news. Right? The preachers of the gospel. The ministry. We, we ought to support them. Why? Because when we support them, we become fellow workers with them. Are you listening to me? When we, when we blessed and released and gave Pastor Corey the liberty to go to West Palm Beach over a year ago, we went with him. Amen. Amen. Oh, my God. You know, Pastor, I'm to you. preach to you, preach to you, because some people in the back are not responding. When we sent Pastor Corey to West Palm Beach over a year ago, where he's pioneered a new ministry, we went with him. We went with him when we blessed it. We went with him when we gave into that. We went with him when we prayed. We went with him when we support. We went with him and we are still with him. And we're making sure that the work is done there in West Palm Beach for the harvest of souls to come in. It's about people. It's about souls. It's about the kingdom of God. God is shaking all nations. And the harvest of souls are coming in. This nation is being shaken by the power of God. This nation is being shaken by the word of God. And all the nations of the earth are being shaken right now as I speak. I know it looks in the natural as if everything is going downhill. But I can tell you today that though it seems like that in the natural, but the church of Jesus Christ is rising up in the glory of God. The church of Jesus Christ is rising up in power. The church of Jesus Christ is taking a place. And the church of Jesus Christ is bringing in the harvest of souls. It's all about souls and the church is going to get the job done. When it's all said and done, I can tell you today that the devil is not going to laugh at Jesus. No, the church will be the ones laughing. Oh, yeah. Jesus will be the one laughing because I've read the book and I've seen that at the end we win. Yeah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. 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 You know, this is good news. And good news makes you? Yeah. We are, we are a good news church. We are a happy church. Because we are a blessed church. We have a blessed people in this place today. I said we have a blessed bunch of people in this place today. <laughs> blessed in the city. Blessed in the fields. Blessed in the country. Bless everywhere you go. The Bible says whatever you lay your hands upon to do shall prosper, shall come to maturity. The Bible says you are like a tree planted by the river of waters, bringing forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves also does not fade, and whatever he does shall prosper. The Bible said the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Can someone say amen? But for you that is godly, my God, your house is being built, your life is being built, the glory of God is upon you and within you, and God's using you to touch the nations of the earth. Are you not privileged to be here this morning listening to this? Are you not opportune to be here this morning given the opportunity to bring in your harvest, to bring in your seed, to be a blessing, to propagate the harvest of souls? Can someone say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Preaching good. If you respond well, I'll preach better. <laughs> hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. 
My God, I got stuck in verse 8. It says, so we ourselves ought to support such people to welcome and provide for them in order that we may be fellow workers in the truth. The whole gospel. The whole gospel. I want to say the gospel. I put it, I say it this way, the God spell. The, the spell of God. I come from Africa. I understand people cast, they cast spell on people. <laughs> you know, I come from Africa, so they cast spell on people. Someone will cast a spell from a distance. They'll be in their, in, in, somewhere in the corner of the house and they cast a spell on someone who lives like miles away. Call on that name to cast spell on the person. And then the person realizes that from that moment, his life is stuck. He can't move forward, can't move backwards. Everything begins to fall apart in their lives because someone has just cast a spell upon them. You remember the story of Balak and Balaam? When, when Balak called Balaam and said, please come and cast a spell on the people. These people are too great and mighty for me. I've heard of their exploits. Can you please come? Because anyone you curse is cursed, and anyone you bless is blessed. And, and, and Balaam wanted to come and put a spell on the people. And God said, no, don't go. And, and Balaam insisted he wanted to go because he wanted some money. Because Balak had promised him a house filled with precious things. And he said, uh, Lord, should I go? And that's the problem with some of you. You asked the Lord the first time. He said, don't do it. But you, do, you go to him again the second time. And you say, Lord, should I do it? Well, if you insist, God might just have you do it. Think about that. I just want to let that sink in. That's why when you read the book of Psalms, it says Selah. Pause and think about that. Lord, should I go? No, don't go. Balak sent a message. Say, look, I'll give you a big house. Filled with all kinds of great stuff. Come and put a curse on them. And he said, Lord, should I go? <laughs> what did he tell you the first time? <laughs> no, no. He said, no. Why are you asking him again? No, some people just want to have their way. For some people, it's their way or no way. For some people, it's their way or no other way. No, it has to be God's way. I say it has to be God's way. I said it has to be God's way. Amen. I said it has to be God's That's way. And, and listen, listen to me. God's way, God's way may not be... Yeah, I mean, you may not like it. You may not like it, but... God don't give it to you because you like it. God don't tell you to do it because you like it. The flesh don't like anything that God wants to do. <laughs> Never seen the flesh like any. The flesh is always resisting the plan of God. That's why the Bible says you need to die to your flesh. Except the grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. You've got to die to that flesh. You've got to die and put, put that flesh out of its misery. And let the spirit man rise up big. To where you hear God's voice and do only what God tells you to do. What has that got to do with giving? Well... It has a lot to do with giving. In actual fact, it has everything to do with giving. Because until you die to your flesh, you never truly give as God wants you to give. The day God tells you to give 5,000, you'll be thinking, my God, is that God? Some, some people will say, Satan, get the behind me. But it's not even Satan. It is not, <laughs> it is not Satan. It is not Satan. Satan will never tell you to give $5,000. No. <laughs> never tell you. Satan will never tell you. Yeah. Yeah. He's a thief. Right. He comes to steal and kill and destroy. He does not come to bless anybody. Yeah. That's right. yeah. So don't rebuke the voice. Obey the voice. So Balak invites him and Balaam in listens and goes there. And he opens his mouth and he's about to put a spell on the people of Israel. And, 
and, and, and blessing starts coming out. That's why we say, when God has blessed you, no one can curse you. Yeah. <laughs> Is anyone blessed here? Hallelujah. Is anyone really blessed? Anyone here blessed? Yeah. You know, empowered by God to prosper, to dominate, to rule, and to reign in life. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You're reigning in life by Christ Jesus. Can someone say amen? Yeah. Now, I want to say this. Don't listen to this, to this religious nonsense that people are preaching today. They're talking about how you are under a curse. How can you be under a curse and under a blessing at the same time? Huh? Huh? No, you are either blessed or cursed. You can't be blessed and cursed at the same time. Not possible. And the blessing of God breaks every curse. And when God has blessed you, I don't care what they do. I don't care what they plan. I don't care the plot of men. It can not rest on the righteous. Amen. Some people don't believe it. Look at them in the back looking at me like I'm speaking Japanese. <laughs> when God has blessed you, nobody can curse you. No, listen, what you're saying basically, if you believe that rubbish, is you're saying that the hand of God is on me and the hand of the devil is on me at the same time. No, the Bible says light shines in darkness. And darkness could not comprehend it. In other words, when light comes, darkness must leave. Absolutely impossible for light and darkness to cohabit. Not possible. Not possible. You are either in light or you are in darkness. And if you are in light this morning, the blessing of God is upon you. No curse can stay upon your life. No curse can stay upon your family. No curse can stay upon your business. No curse can stay upon your children. Impossible because you are blessed. And when God has blessed you, nobody can curse you. When God lifts you up, nobody can bring you down. When God opens the door, nobody can shut the door. When God is on your side, nobody can be against you. My Bible tells me if God be for us, who can be against us? The Bible says no weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you will condemn. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me. They shall surely gather, but, but not by me, saith the Lord. As many that shall gather against you shall fall for your sake. Hallelujah. hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. Balaam opens his mouth. He's about to put a curse on the people of Israel. And oh, blessing begins to come out of him. One moment your enemy plans to put a curse on you. The moment he opens his mouth, he's blessing you. <laughs> Somebody walked into my office. This was about two, three months ago. And the brother said, Pastor Gonzo, I want you to break the curse that's upon my life. I looked at him. I said, are you born again? He said, I said, there is no curse on you. Come on. Come on. I have a curse. No, you don't have any curse. You just believe the lie of the devil. There's no curse on you. <laughs> no curse on you. So I flip my Bible open. I say, hey, go with me. Colossians chapter 1. I told him. So he opens and we read. Verse 13. He hath redeemed. Uh, he hath uh, delivered us from the power of darkness. And has moved us, translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption, even the forgiveness of sin. Say that I have redemption. I 
He has delivered us. I spent about 10 minutes with him, showing him this scripture and a few other scriptures. And his eyes popped open like this. Because when light shows up, <laughs> when light shines, darkness cannot resist it. You know, all my years growing up as an adult, I've never seen darkness fight with light. Never seen it. You come into your house, you, you, you open the door, it's all dark at night. You flip the thing on, and darkness disappears. I never flip the thing on and darkness say, I'm not leaving. <laughs> never, not once. Not once since, became, since, I, since I became a... Not once. Has it happened to you? You flip on the thing and darkness says, no, I'm not leaving today. <laughs> Looks like it happened to a few of you because you're not even sure. <laughs> you're not even answering my question. <laughs> Has it happened to anybody? You... you Put this, flip the switch and darkness said, today, I'm here to stay. <laughs> Not leaving. Not leaving. I've come to stay with you, with you in your house. I got myself, I got myself one of the rooms. <laughs> well, has it happened? You know why it doesn't happen? Because in actual fact, even, even, in, even in science, there is nothing like darkness. Darkness is the absence of light. There's nothing like cold. Cold is the absence of heat. It can only exist where there is no light. It can only exist where there is no fire. <laughs> if there is fire, devils will run. Are you here? Yes. Huh? Yes. I say, are you here? Yes. So, so back to the story. We see Bala, Balaam opens his mouth and blessing comes out of his mouth. Because you can't put a curse. And he, he's wondering, what's going on here? Why can't I put a spell on them? And he gets an answer from God. Because the shadow of the king is among them. <laughs> I hear the shadow of a king among them. Amen. I hear the shadow of a king among them. Amen. I hear the shadow of a king among them. Amen. I hear the shadow of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I hear the sound. I hear the shadow of Jesus. I hear the shout of the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. I hear the sound of the Savior of the world. This Savior is among them. And because this King is with them, there is absolutely nothing you can do against them. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So look at where I, I got to this place now. He says, he says to him, you partner with, with them in the gospel. So to put a spell on people like, like Balaam tried to do on the Israelites and like so many people would do in the realm of witchcraft. Is that, are you listening? So when we, when we send preachers of the gospel, we send them to put God's spell on people. <laughs> we send them to put good news on people. Are you listening to me? Are you listening now? When a true man of God shows up, when an awesome anointed man of God shows up in town, I truly appreciate it. I was meeting with a guy from Ghana, a man of God from Ghana with his wife. They worshiped with us last Wednesday. And I went over to the hotel to see them. And, and he was amazed because I was saying to him, thank you so much for coming to our country. He was shocked because he, he thought he was supposed to thank me for the hospitality. And then I showed him the spiritual side, why I was thanking them for coming. I said, even if you came here for one day or for a week, I appreciate that because you bring something with you when you come into this nation. Amen. We carry the glory of God. 
we carry the presence of God. And we, we deposit the presence wherever we go. Remember Matthew chapter 10? Jesus said, when you go and you're welcomed into a house, right? When you find a man who is worthy in the house and he welcomes you and he sets food before you, eat whatever they present to you. And when you are about to leave, let your peace stay there. Let your what stay there? Let your peace stay there. Leave your peace there. There's something you have you must leave with them. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. So I'm excited. Because you see, you look at Gaius. You say, wow, this is a man who had an understanding of how these things work. And that's why over the years, you know, as we teach along these lines, we're raising up a people with an understanding of how this thing works. Are you listening now? Yeah. You, you're gaining an insight on how it works. That everything we do, we do for the gospel. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want you to go with me to 2 Kings Amen. chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. I'm going to finish with this. 2 Kings in chapter 4. If you have found it, say praise the Lord. Look, look at verse 8 with me. It says, And it fell on the day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman. And she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is an holy man of God which passeth by us continually. Notice, this was a wealthy and a notable woman. Okay? And Elisha would pass by. And the woman will invite Elisha over to her house to eat bread. How did she begin? First and foremost, she had a perception that this man was an anointed and a holy man of God. She had a perception. A lot of people don't have any perception in the spirit. You look at this. And it ties in beautifully with Gaius' story. Because Gaius was about helping missionaries. He was about helping the work of God. And here is a woman, even under the old covenant, we see she had a perception that Elisha was a holy man of God. Some people don't see nothing. But this woman saw something on the man of God. There was something different about Elisha every time he passed by. Are you listening to me? But I also tell you that this woman was not the only woman living in the neighborhood. I believe that there were other women, other men who lived in the same neighborhood as the woman did, but they did not perceive God's hand upon Elisha. Hello. They did not perceive the hand of the Lord upon Elisha. Only this woman did. And then she said, Elisha, I would like for you to come over to my house and eat bread. Good way to welcome a man of God. Give him some bread. Give him some food. Praise God. Jesus said in Matthew 10, listen, Jesus said in Matthew 10, when you go, when you go out there and you, you see those that receive you and whatever they present to you, eat it. Even Jesus said it. Are you listening to me? And, and the woman said to her husband, notice, I perceive that this is a holy man of God that passes by. And she said unto her husband, verse 9, Behold now, I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, a table, a stool, and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. 
So now she takes it a, a, a whole, to a whole new level. She starts out by giving him food, and then she said, look, it's not enough to just give this man food. So she goes to her husband, and she said, please, can we build something for him? Can we give him a place to stay? Are you here? What is she, what is she doing? What is she doing? What is she doing? She is becoming a co-liberal with Elisha. <laughs> like Gaius. Is she the preacher? Is she the anointed man of God? Is she the one opening the eyes of the blind? Is she the one casting all the devils? No, 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 she's not the one. But she is partaking of all of that. Hallelujah. I say she's partaking of all of that. Now what she's doing is she's becoming a co-liberal with the man of God. She's becoming a co-liberal with the ministry. What an awesome ministry Elisha had. Had a double portion of the spirit that was on Elijah. And here he's carrying the glory of God all over the nation. And this woman sees him and perceives it and says, I want to be a part of that. Can someone say amen? amen? Give him some food. Every time he passes by, give him some food. But it's not enough to just give him some food because he needs a place to rest. He needs a place to lay his head. He needs a place to sit and study his notes. He needs a place to sit and spend time, quality time with God in prayer. So let's build a place for him. <laughs> Hallelujah. My God, I'm getting blessed. I'm getting blessed by preaching this. This is a good word. Amen. Amen. So he, she goes to her husband. Uh, let's do this. Praise God for godly husbands. Wise husbands. But you know, one of the things I've noticed, one of the things I've noticed when it comes to giving all through the Bible, it's you see women take the lead. Oh, men getting jealous now. <laughs> men, getting, men, men getting upset now. Men getting, men getting upset now. Pastor God, what, what a wrong doctrine. That's not true. No, you go read, go read, go read, go read. First Kings 17, God sends Eli Elijah to, to a woman. Poor, broke woman. Who was, who was about to make her last meal and eat and her and her son was going to die? Huh? Hello? Look at the ministry of Jesus who traveled with him and supported him financially. Women say it well like you mean it. Women say it. <laughs> There's just something about women, my God. The love they have for the, for the Lord. The love they have for the work of God. But praise God for the husbands too. Amen. Praise God for the husbands too. Amen. Praise God for the husbands who say, wife, go ahead and do it. Praise, 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 God. <laughs> praise God for the husbands. For the husbands who say, yeah, 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 that's what we need to do. Go ahead and let's do that. Praise God for husbands like that. So husbands, when your wife come to you and say, we want to sow, I want to sow a big seed, don't say, don't try that. <laughs> amen. amen. Yeah. I said, amen. amen. You know, when I was growing up as a kid in the church, I was in Assemblies of God Church in Lagos, Nigeria. You know, women had a culture to just serve and help the pastors. You know, some would cook, you know, and bless the man of God. So, so but if you have a husband who is stingy, You've got a lot on your hands. That's, that's big, 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 big trouble, big challenge. As you can see, my message this morning is all encompassing. <laughs> I'm touching everything. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. So they built him a house, and the man of God will come and stay there. To cut, to cut a long story short, or even make a short story longer, he, one day... Elisha said, call this woman. Call her. So Elisha's assistant goes and calls the woman. The woman stands and Elisha said, uh, what do you want me to do for you? Should I speak to the captain of the army? Should I speak to influential people for you? The woman said, no, I'm good. She was rich and notable. 
She was good. She lacked nothing naturally. So, so the woman walks away, and Elisha said to his servant, something has to be done. This woman has done so much for us. Something has got to be done for her. What should we do? The servant said, uh, man of God, you know, we've come here for too many times. Never heard the cry of a baby here. Never heard the cry of a child. Something is missing in this house. See, you can have a lot of money, but you still have stuff missing. Something is missing. There's something they don't have. They don't have a child. And see, that's something money cannot buy. You know there are things your money can buy? Your money can buy a good house, but your money can give you a home. Hello. <laughs> Are you listening? Your money can take you to the best hospitals, but your money cannot give you divine health. Even the wealthy die. She's got no child. Call her now. They call her again. She stands at the door. And Elisha looked at her and said, By this time next year you shall carry a son. <laughs> First time Elisha asked, What do you want? Second time Elisha just declared the word of God. Because you've given so much into this, and this thing's got to work for you. Can someone say amen? amen? Come next year, guess what? She has a son. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come next year, she has a son. Come next year, she has a baby boy. According to the word of the Lord. See, when we, when we, when we partner and we are co-laborers with the ministry, even those things missing in your life, God will put them in. God to put them back. Can someone say amen? amen. Can someone say amen? amen? Can someone say amen? amen? Can someone give the Lord a big shout of praise in the house this morning? <laughs> Come on, give the Lord a big, big, big shout of praise. Big shout of praise. Big shout of praise. Big shout of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Did that bless anyone? Yes. Hallelujah.